0: Welcome to Five Cats, Two Pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And you're listening to episode 36, which we haven't yeah. named in the time of the recording. <laughs> so <laughs> we are going to talk about, we're going to talk about, are you ready for it? We're going to talk about yeah. ghost stories. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, no. 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 This is not working for you. <laughs> uh, go ahead. That's kind of cute, but I mean, what? What is going on? <laughs> so, uh, so we're yeah, we're going to share a couple of a uh, couple of cool ghost stories, and um, we realize that a lot of time when we talk about uh, traditions or folklore um, or witchcraft origins, a lot of what Lindsay and I practice and draw inspiration from tends to be uh, more Anglo-Saxon or Nordic traditions. And we were so excited about doing Canadian cryptids and a lot of those being uh, First Nations based that we decided that we wanted to cover both a Korean ghost story and a Japanese ghost story this week. So... Take a little divergence from our norm to talk about more weird spirits and folklore and I'm excited.
1: I'm excited too. I'm
0: excited too. It was fun kind of diving into this a little bit. Yeah.
1: And doing some research.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. it was cool. It was awesome. So that's coming up, but first, I think we need a like huge round of celebratory applause. Lindsay our bag toss champion in the backyard yesterday. Now, we are still social distance bubbling, but Lindsay is in our bubble uh, for outdoor adventures because she and Engineer Dan work together. So still wear your mask, still wash your hands. But Lindsay, my good God, woman. (laughs) You won, like, what, 13 straight rounds of bag toss yesterday? No, I think it was 10. No, I, well, fair enough. I'm not going to argue with you about the number, but I, I think <laughs> we stopped counting at 11. <laughs> it was unreal. Like our goal, it was unreal. <laughs> our goal was to be as good as the guys or, or to beat the guys, uh, by the end of the summer. And Lindsay just like completely annihilated everyone yesterday. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Girls got skills. <laughs>
1: Oh, I hope that it happens again. I hope that
0: wasn't just a one-time thing. <laughs> I, I both do and don't because I want to play against you, and I'm not that
1: good. <laughs> Man, those tosses were feeling really good. Like they were zeroed in every single time. Yeah, yeah. You I've were, never felt that way. You were in the. I really zone. think it was like. The right amount of drunk. I really
0: do. <laughs> I think it was the nearly full moon that came out just as you started to get good. It could be. She was giving me kisses from above. <laughs> but yeah, wa- watch out. Oh, watch out, folks. She's she's a sniper. All, get, all yeah. three-pointers are nothing. <laughs> I don't know why we <laughs> got to bring
1: gender into it. I mean, beating the guys—that sounds—that sounds so fifties.
0: Oh, fair, fair. We just, we just there's a, we we there's just, a
1: few of us that have had a yard bag set in our backyard and we've had access to it for many a year. Yes. So we were the more seasoned players, and Lindsay is not. Yes completely new to the game, but she certainly hasn't played even a measure of the number of times of the people that she was destroying last night.
0: I think that that, so when I say beat the guys, that's absolutely, it's not about like beating the men. It's about the fact that the, like the people that we're playing against happen to be male and they happen to be very very good. good (laughs) They're all very good. (laughs) So (laughs) if I was the one that was very good, Lindsay would have been gunning for me. It just happened to be the men i'm not trying to steal i'm not trying to steal away, to steal away uh, no, like no. A, a
1: feminist moment but not at the end at of the day it's bag toss and Lindsay just kicked our asses
0: <laughs> i don't think it was a battle of <laughs> <with> a sexy <laughs> situation not at all <laughs> so yeah so one of one of the backyard also co-worker uh bubble folks that watch out we're coming for you grizz uh, we have a, a bartender friend, coworker friend named uh, Grant, who is doing a little giveaway on Instagram. And recently, I also commissioned some cat toys from him. He crochets, he's a beautiful crochet artist crochet knitter I don't know what it's what it is but uh he made little fish and little octopi and now my living room floor looks like an aquarium but the cats love them they're so freaking cute and uh (laughs) Django has already hidden a blue fish in his bed (laughs) among his treasures (laughs) watching them carry a octopus down the hallway by a tentacle is pretty adorable (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but that is uh, <laughs> super cute. But Grant's doing a giveaway, uh, so I wanted to give him a shout out. He's uh, he, like I said, beautiful crochet artist, and he has made three plush um, unicorns. And they're absolutely adorable. And if you donate ten dollars, you can enter a raffle to win one of these unicorns. Now, the donation needs to be made to a uh, racial justice or Black Lives Matters organization of your choosing. You can find him on Instagram at fried yoda, and he's got a couple of posts there where you can see organizations that he personally supports, but. Yeah, I think I think it's awesome. I think these are adorable. Uh, I would love to win one. But you can also check out Five C Two P's Instagram feed, Five C Two P Pod, um, or my personal feed VKEDS uh, on Instagram. We've got a couple of story links and uh, and reposts as well. So check that out. Ten bucks uh, or each ten dollar donation gets an entry. So. Donate a hundred bucks to an organization of your choice, get 10 entries, win a unicorn. It's pretty awesome.
1: They are pretty awesome. He really is so, so talented. So talented.
0: <laughs> so, so, yeah, they're so cute. And again, the cats love these little toys too. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of secretly hoping that he, he turns his crochet into a little like side hustle, but super adorable. <laughs> Check it out. We will, I think, I think we'll be back in a moment. Talk about some before we come back though. Oh, Oh. I know what I forgot.
1: Do we have any candles? (laughs) Fudge brownies.
0: I like that this is now a thing. <laughs> I legit forgot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, <laughs> exciting. So, super uh, exciting news. Our candles arrived. And they are from Pollen Arts. I will link them in our Instagram, take some photos so everyone can see as well. Uh, but they are beautiful. And surprise, Lindsay! Uh, they, so, Pollen Arts takes... Um, Old vintage perfume bottles and poison bottles and apothecary jars makes their own silicone molds and then makes candles out of those silicone molds. So I have gotten us a vintage perfume bottle that has a bunch of women dancing around in flimsy outfits uh, as well as a little milkweed uh, moisturizer jar and a, a little quartz crystal. So we've got a little, awesome. a little trio. <laughs> but we do not have a candle to light today because they literally arrived yesterday. And tonight is the full moon. So we're going to charge them up. And uh, and then once they're charged, we will burn them as our ritual candle. Awesome. So, so next week will be the inaugural lighting of our really dope new candles. I'm very excited. Um, they were... They were very awesome, folks, and the candles look great. I hope they burn great. I look forward to hopefully buying more because they have some pretty cool poison bottles. But uh, In any case, next week, candles. This week, ghost stories. We'll be right back. Cool. See you soon, witches. Welcome back, witches. We already talk about ghost stories, so Woo! yeah. So, uh, gosh, I can't remember what episode it is, but a while back we did a little episode about the witches that came before us, and we alluded a little to that—that that, uh, there are some like cool ghost stories and in the Lindsay side of the family with, with some cool Korean ghost story tales. So, we wanted to dive a little bit more into that. Like I said. in... Uh, In the beginning of the episode, you know, we spent a lot of time on Anglo-Saxon traditions, and we want to mix it up. So, Lindsay, I want to hear all about your grandma's ghost story. Cool. Yeah, so this
1: is one that she used to tell me a lot when I was really little, um, and I loved it. I just loved hearing any ghost stories that she would tell me. There were a few, but this was one that kind of stuck out a little bit. And one that both my mom and my older sister remember too. So it was it was cool being able to talk to them and compare stories and, and get info that I might be missing. The story itself is very, very short. So this was Korea, probably like 1920s sometime, I'm guessing. Um, my grandmother was born in 1920, and I'm pretty sure this happened when she was a little girl. But the story goes, her father was walking home down a dirt road. It was a rural area. There was a, they owned a lot of land. And so I I think he was walking home, um, probably drunk. He did drink a lot. And as he's walking home, he looks into a field and he sees a woman in the field. And she's dressed in white. And she's beckoning him to come to her. And he gets so scared. He knew that if he went with her, he was going to die. So he ran the rest of the way home. Now, that's really all there is to that story. So I was like, huh, I wonder if there's any, like, you know, Korean folklore that would describe a ghost like that. Turns out, not really. <laughs> um, well, maybe, 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 maybe. Um, I didn't really find anything as far as the the like beckoning to to like come to her goes, but there are stories that have to do with like you know women dressed in white. Um, one part of the story that my sister Courtney remembers that I didn't remember, and that my mom doesn't remember either, was that the woman was wearing candles on her head.
0: Which I find Um, both hauntingly beautiful and straight up terrifying. Right. And when she told me that, I was like, oh, I don't remember that. And I I asked
1: my mom about it and she was like, yeah, I don't really remember that either. But Courtney is, is like, she's adamant that this was part of the story. So I was like, all right, dude, I believe you. I was like, that doesn't really sound like Korean to me, though, having candles on your head. So that, like, really, when I was, I was researching this, that's what I was trying to find. So there's, like, the typical white lady, right, who, who shows up in folklore in so many different countries, but not really in Korea. And she's typically seen in rural areas, and she's usually associated with legends of tragedy, like uh, betrayal or accidental death, that sort of thing. And she said to appear like before a family member dies, but can also appear in for- in uh, photographs like before or after somebody dies, too. Ooh, so that's that's cool. Creepy. That didn't really sound like this to me, though. Then in uh, Korean folklore, and please, please, please forgive my pronunciation. I called my mom before we started recording <laughs> to try to get some. Pre- Pronunciation help and uh, and she helped me, but then I figured I would remember and didn't write down. No <laughs> oh, you pulled her money. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really hard because they'll like when it's written out in English, it's written out in a way that's somewhat phonetic, but there are certain letters that aren't really pronounced the way that we pronounce them. So, anyway, there is this ghost, right, in Korea. And they call it uh, It's a really hard word because it's spelled G-W-I-S-H-I-N. But G-W isn't really a sound. I think it's Kui-shin. Like, kind of like K-U-I. Anyway, it's a virgin ghost. So, Early Korean women were expected to serve uh, their father, husband, children. And if they, like, failed in their tasks and had resentment, when they died, her soul would be stuck in our world. So she's usually seen wearing a sobalt, which is like a handball, but it's it's the, like, white morning gown. Because uh, in Korea, the morning color is white, not black, like it is here. Oh,
0: that's right. That's why your grandmother wouldn't allow white flowers in the house.
1: Yeah, um, and she, she, this 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 ghost always wears her long black hair down, because only married women could wear it up.
0: Oh, I didn't know. So, that.
1: like, you remember the uh, the movie The Ring? Yes, which I've never That's actually. That's kind of like kind of like what this ghost is. And so, th- and this ghost, like, it basically runs around and scares the shit out of people, and and you know creates havoc wherever she goes, and kinda. She's she's really pissed.
0: So she's like so a vengeful really, a vengeful spirit, like an, an evil spirit.
1: Yeah, 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 she is. So that didn't really sound like what this was either. Really I mean, really probably what this was was just a ghost and not any particular ghost. But I was mean, I still thought it was interesting to like try to see if there was something. So <clears throat> in like my one hundredth Google search of trying <laughs> to find like some sort of Asian folklore with, uh, with candles on the head, I did come across a story, or rather, I guess it's it's a ritual um, called Ushi no Toko or Ushi no Toki Mairi, which means Ox Hour Shrine Visit. So this is okay. um, actually a, a Japanese ritual of laying a curse on on somebody. Um, and at first I was like, oh, that doesn't make sense. It's Japanese. But then I remembered that Japan had occupied Korea. They were in Korea at this time. So I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe. But it's, it's, it's usually an alive person that's, you know, laying the curse on somebody. Um, but they do go uh, or they do wear like a white gown and they do wear something on their head. It's usually like a, a, a trivet. Okay. An iron an iron trivet and they would flip it over so that the legs were pointing up and on those three legs they would put they would stick candles to them. Oh, and this is cool. like the costume for the ritual. So they're running white gown and this trivet on their head with the three white candles. So I uh I sent this like drawing over to Courtney and she was like, Oh yeah, she's like, That's exactly how I pictured it. So that's kinda cool. I don't know if that's that necessarily makes sense unless like you know somebody caught a woman
0: doing this curse ritual and killed her it which may, I I mean, could have happened maybe or she was like somehow going to like curse your grandfather or something like that i mean it's also entirely possible I mean, that you know it's a, like two different memories of uh courtneys like colliding or even like of your grandmothers or wherever you know wherever these ideas have come from where two different stories have collided into one because that's the beauty of folklore is it is Uh, mostly word of mouth until at some point it is written down. But even when it's written down, each person who retells the story tells it in their own words based off their own memory of the event or the the retelling of somebody else. So it's, I suppose it's entirely possible that somewhere along the way, these two things have collided to become one.
1: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And like I said, like, really, it was probably just a ghost that he saw. Or my mom thinks that he just, he didn't really see it. She just (laughs) thought he saw it. I was like, she was like, he was drunk. And I was like, you don't really hallucinate when you're drunk, mom. And we actually, we said this in
0: our last episode, too. (laughs) Never underestimate the visions of a drunk man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, yeah. I've never never hallucinated when I was drunk. I don't I don't think I know anybody who has hallucinated when they
0: were drunk, but
1: yeah, either way, guys saw a ghost, Freaked him out, man. Freak
0: him out. That's awesome. Uh so when we were talking about doing this, you know, episode I was all excited because it gave me a great excuse to read a comic book that I have that is based around um, actual folklore and tradition. But when you shared this particular story and then I read the book, uh, I, one in particular uh, story or spirit jumped out to me. So uh, I think I know what your grandfather saw. Based on yeah. this one book that I've read. I have a, I have a wild hypothesis. But. Okay. I think he saw a Yukiona. Which is. A Yukiona. Yes. Which is a, a Japanese yokai. Which is a um, catch all word. For ghost, spirit, goblin. Uh, but essentially. Uh, the Yukiona is a white woman she is porcelain skinned snow white and is often depicted as either having long white hair in all white robes um, in this case because it's a japanese story it's usually white kimono or very translucent robes and uh, the other version which is much more popular Is that she has porcelain snow white skin. And what makes her skin look so much whiter. Is her long straight black hair. That hangs down to her waist. And often veils most of her face. But she's supposed to be strikingly beautiful. uh, With this long white robe. Long black hair. Uh, Some versions have her uh, with very violet eyes. Very striking and very beautiful. But she is also very deadly, and um often will is the sort of stories around her is that um, she will either suck the life force out of you or she may choose to spare you but uh, if she does suck the life force out of you, she can only do so if you respond to her conversation so she will approach you or beckon to you in conversation, sometimes call to a person, usually uh, men in the stories, um, usually alone in rural areas. And she'll beckon to them. And if you respond to her, then that gives her the power to suck the life force from you and kill you.
1: Ew. That's some mermaid shit.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So...
0: So there was something about, like, because you had shared the, your story with me uh, in, in little bits uh, ahead of time, just so we didn't overlap. <laughs> um, I wanted to, you know, cover something totally different. But then this story came up and I was like, oh, man, that like there's so many crossovers there. And when I dove a little bit more into Yuki Onna, there it is predominantly Japanese folklore. Um, in the, I think it's the Edo era, um, sometime between 1300 and 1500 is when um, it really starts being solidified, but it's supposed to be much older than that. And Mm -hmm. uh, the other sort of piece of this puzzle is uh, there are pieces of this that also come from Chinese mythology and folklore. And like you said, uh, Korea was controlled by Japanese. uh, uh, So it was possible, I suppose, that all of these stories sort of coincide and, you know, what he saw could have been a Japanese spirit. It
1: absolutely could have been. Now the one thing with Yukiona and I looked her up uh, because you, you texted me about her before we started (laughs) recording. So I did look her up. Now the one thing about Yukiona that may or may not, make this possible was the time of year that he saw her and I don't know what the time of year was right. so I can't say that it's totally you know not a possibility but um, but it looks like she only appears in the winter
0: so yeah that is knowing absolutely that is the most um, common retelling of this is that she either appears depending on the particular story but um, she tends to appear on either the first snowfall The last snowfall during any blizzard. Uh, There's also a large body of work where she appears on the full moon. Specifically during the winter. Um, Or uh, there's also some... uh, There's some... Stories where she appears in February um, very close to Imbolc. So there's a little bit of a weird crossover there. But she is usually Mm -hmm. related to snow in some way. Now, there are often also uh, discrepancies between between Yuki Onna and other spirits. So sometimes they'll say, you know, you can't see her footprints in the snow. Um, That's actually a totally Mm -hmm. different type of spirit that float uh this is supposed to be a much more embodied, uh, humanized, uh, version of a yokai, but. Oh, cool. But yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible and, or, you know, it could be a thing where, you know, he just saw somebody in the woods and, you know, and was like, yeah. ah, it's All a was, ghost. It I'm was scared. a field. <laughs> Sure.
1: Sure. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a field. It, it wasn't the woods. Um, so it was like, it was pretty open.
0: But the I, I did want to share, that, and this is a very popular, I suppose, uh, a very popular yokai. So I did want to share in, in my words uh, the version of the most popular, famous story where she comes from, and uh, this is. Actually, this is my retelling of the version that was written by Anthony Bourdain in his graphic novel uh, with his friend uh, Joel Rose called Hungry Ghosts." And they took their version from the original author, uh, the first person to uh, supposedly really put this pen to paper. Uh, his name was uh, Lefe- I'm, I'm going butcher his first name, Lafcadio Hern and he wrote um quite on japanese ghost stories in 1904 quite on is essentially weird tales so so he wrote the like weird tales of japanese folklore and this version that he captured he heard directly from a farmer who apparently saw a um sorry <laughs> who saw yokiona and now This is a retelling of a retelling of a retelling. But essentially, uh, (laughs) there were two men, uh, a young man and his father. And they were innkeepers, and they hunted to feed their guests. So they had gone hunting. And while they were hunting, a big blizzard came up. And they couldn't make their way back to the inn. It was too far, and they feared either becoming frozen in the snow or losing their way in the snow. So as they were uh, walking through the woods, trying to stay warm, they came across a hunter's camp and it was abandoned and empty, but they huddled together for warmth, laying next to each other. They closed the doors and the windows and they went to sleep. In the middle of the night, the son awoke to find the door to the hunter's lodge or hunter's cabin open and above, hovering above his father was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen and she was breathing on him. And he could see her breath uh, sort of swirl around him. And she was dressed all in white with the most beautiful white skin, long black hair, and violet eyes. And he knew something was wrong. He could feel it in her bones, but he was also immensely attracted to her. And she looked at him and said, I will spare you, but only if you never tell anyone. About what you saw here today. And. Oh. The young man was so smitten with her. He agreed. He said I promise. I will never tell anyone ever. And the next morning. When he woke up. Uh, his father had died. Was stone cold. And the young man went back to the inn. And many years later. Helping his uh, mother with the inn. And had you know, sort of taken over the inn a young woman came along and she was so beautiful. She had very uh, pale skin and black hair and she was looking for work. Now he offered her a job said, you know, Hey, you can, you can work here at the inn. We need somebody to help with the cooking and the cleaning and welcoming the guests. And over time, Uh, he fell in love with her and his mother apparently had nothing but nice things to say about her, which was very important in the story, (laughs) (laughs) but they eventually got married and had six kids and were very happy. And every day he looked at her and thought, how beautiful, how lucky I am. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. I love her so much. And one night after the birth of their six children, so some years later, (laughs) uh, she was standing in front of either it's either an open window in the winter or, uh, in this particular and hungry ghosts, it's essentially it's in front of a fridge, uh, with, uh, cold air blowing on her skin. And she reminded him so much of the woman that he had seen all those years ago in the blizzard that he told her and said, you know, you, Uh-oh. you're so beautiful, and I've only ever met one other person like you and told her about the woman he had seen, which enraged his wife as she transformed into, uh, into this Yukiona, and And oh, no. that was the one thing I spared you and I gave you happiness and you gave me happiness, but you broke the one promise that I asked you to ever make to me, which was to never speak of that. And he begged and cried for forgiveness and she was not forgiving for she had asked so, for so very little uh, and she left him forever. Now there's two different variations wow. to that end. Either she leaves him forever but spares his life one more time for the sake of their six children or mm-hmm. she kills him, takes his spirit with her and leaves their six children as punishment he then has to basically watch his six children, you know, grow up with a without a mother or a father.
1: Oh man! But that's that is so yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so she really did think she she really did think that he was so beautiful, and yep. she spared him, and yep. then she came back for him. Oh, that's really yeah. And
0: and that's the thing with the the yuki ona, uh is that she everything she does is very selfish it's very for her it's it's very driven to her wants and needs so she'll either Maybe. take your spirit to feed herself or if she chooses because you are beautiful or there's something that she wants she'll make that deal but the deal is always the same in these stories you must never tell anyone that you've seen me or she will huh. come back and kill you weird I wonder Why do yeah. lie? I don't know I don't know I mean, the oh. the the pieces around that with you know blizzards and full moons and snowfall. You know, I think a lot of folklore comes from uh, like Engineer Dan shared an easy way to uh, sort of not control the populace, but to. Uh, To keep people safe, you know, it's don't go walking around in a blizzard. There's evil spirits out there that will get you like, don't go play on the, like on the full moon. It's creepy and weird. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I think that there's often a lesson to be learned in a lot of these stories. Uh, Maybe this one is about, you know, keeping promises or, or discretion or, you know, whatever it might be, but uh, but yeah, that's, that's the story of the Yukiona. Super cool, dude. That was a great time. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool. And this, I will say this book again, Hungry Ghosts by Anthony Bourdain is really good. Uh, the whole thing is actually um, a retelling of an old samurai uh, game, apparently called a hundred candles. And it's got a Japanese name and I'm sorry. It's like, 15 letters long, and I do not speak Japanese, and I'm just going to – I will do more disservice to it trying to pronounce it. Uh, but it's, it's called 100 Candles, and essentially after a giant feast, uh, the samurai would all gather in a room, and either in a small room on the side or around the outside edges of this room, they would light 100 candles. They would also put a table with a mirror off to the side. And they would begin by telling ghost stories. And they would basically try and scare each other. At the end of the telling, uh, the samurai would get up, go over to the table, take a look in the mirror to see if he had become possessed. And then if he hadn't, blow out his candle. And then sit down, you know? Do you know, do you know how, how would they tell if they were possessed? And that you could see the face of the like, demon in the mirror. If your face looked... The same. Uh, if it if I, like so, if I were doing this and I looked in the mirror and I saw my reflection, I'm fine. But if I look in the mirror and I see the reflection of, uh, you know, a yokai or uh, you know, a demon or a spirit or uh, something like that, then I had become possessed. Uh, the the spirit <laughs> The spirit of the story that had been shared was present, and so they would repeat this. And as they're doing this, they're blowing out candles, and the stories are getting progressively scarier, compounding on each other. It's getting darker in the room, and the game was to see if you could get to all 100 candles. And the lore around it is that nobody ever did. They would all get too scared and quit before 100 candles were blown out. Wow. But, but this, this Hungry Ghost is based around that, and it's a series of Japanese um, folklore, mythology, and this was one of the stories in it, so... Uh, I can't you know I can't recommend it enough it's awesome but um, I think that based on based on our reading and our research I'm really intrigued by a lot of these stories there's so many cool ones that I definitely want to learn more about but I'm going to try and pick up the the quite on Japanese ghost stories by Hearn I think that that's it's supposed to be beautifully written as well so fingers crossed I can get myself a copy awesome I bet you can yeah, I think so too. <laughs> but <laughs> it'd be nice to think, you know, maybe maybe your grandfather really saw something and and it was super creepy. I think that's maybe that's... <laughs> I mean I believe that he saw something. I don't exactly. Know what exactly was. But that's the most important <laughs> thing about these types of ghost stories is that, you know, they're passed down. You know, he shared that with your grandmother, your grandmother shared it with you. And now that's influenced, you know, the the way you think, feel, act towards, you know, spirits and ghost stories and that sort of thing. And and that's the most important part of folklore is continuing to share yeah, those oral traditions.
1: Absolutely. Sweet. I think they're always open to interpretation,
0: too. <laughs> Well, <So. laughs> look forward for sure to covering more uh, mythology, more folklore, more creepy stories and, and cryptids and... Yokai and everything else that we can get our hands on. So if you've got a recommendation, you can certainly drop us a line at 5 uh, c 2 Pod at Gmail or Instagram. Would love to hear your suggestions, what you'd like to hear about. Would love to dive into those. But for now, enjoy. We will be right back with Pussy of the Week. Yeah, man.
1: See you soon, witches.
0: Welcome back. <laughs> All righty. We have a really great pussy of the week this week and I am excited. I feel like this is where we put in a drum roll ba 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 ba, 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 ba. Drum rolls. Our <laughs> pussy of the week this week made national news. It is the city of Somerville, which is Wee! where I live. <laughs> Yeah, our cool-ass city. Yeah. So, city of Somerville, um, I, not being a U.S. citizen, have no ability to vote or really have an opinion. So I don't know much about, like, honestly, about city politics. But this recently came up in not only CNN, but a bajillion other, like, social media feeds. The city of Somerville this week uh, passed an ordinance to recognize... Uh, polyamorous relationships and poly basically uh, polyamorous marriages as marriage belonging to uh, more than two people. So yeah, that is fucking awesome. I liked the quote uh, on, uh, this is from the CNN article uh, from one of the city councillors and it's quote, folks live in polyamorous relationships and have for probably forever. Right now our laws deny their existence and that doesn't strike me as the right way to write laws at any level. Hopefully this gives folks a legal foundation from which uh, to have further discussions and maybe others will follow our lead. And this uh, this came so about because they wanted folks in Somerville to who are in polyamorous relationships to be able to visit their loved ones who are in the hospital with COVID-19. And then when they sort of looked into it further, they're like, this is just the right thing to do. People are in these relationships. Yeah. It get, it extends family and marital rights to uh, to other partners who may not be, by the confines of legal marriage, married to each other, but now recognizes them as a full family, which they are. So... Yeah, City of Somerville. Super cool. Very, I think that's the the first uh, the first in the U.S. to recognize that. And so very progressive. I believe it is. Uh, very cool. And I hope it does open up some awesome legal foundations for other cities, um, other conversations and ordinances and laws um, to be written around this. So family is family. And if you're in a loving, consensual um, equal partnership. It doesn't really matter how many people are in it, as long as as long as you're all in love. Absolutely, dude. City of Somerville, we like you. Yeah, pussy of the week. Fair and early car. <laughs> <laughs> well, ghost stories and dope new ordinances. We had a great time sharing with everyone today and I look forward to being right back here next week. Talk about something else, something fun, something new. But until then, hang in there. Keep going. It's summer. Make the best of it. But remember, no pervs, no Nazis. Totally. Panda! Panda!
1: <laughs> oh no.
0: So <laughs> no. <Look> he goes.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> well shit. <laughs>
0: oh man. <laughs>